the Daikaiju Network podcast, episode 123. I am your co-host, Kent, and I have a very healthy obsession with Kaiju. And with me is your co-host, Jason. Sup, y'all? All right. We are getting back into the groove of Godzilla. We're continuing our re-review of uh, our first, what would it be, like 23 episodes? Because we looked back on those and we're like, yeah, those were pretty terrible episodes. <laughs> so we're redoing uh, those by looking back on those films. And uh, we are now here at Godzilla vs. Bailane. So... Back yeah. in the heyday. It felt, felt like yesterday we last reviewed Godzilla vs. Bialane, but that was, what, years ago? That was like 20, 2012. No, it wasn't 2012. I would say it was like 2010. It was 2010. Because we took a year and a half off, and then uh, our first episode when we got back after G-Fest, our first G-Fest, that was like our first episode in a long time. We then covered Mega Gearus. Yeah. I would, I would have to look back uh, in the archives, but I think, yeah, probably around 2010. Yeah. Geez, about nine, close to nine years ago. Yeah. I, well, and for me though, this is one of my favorite films and more or less there I go spoiling the review, I guess. But, um, God. but at the same time, this really shouldn't be... Uh, a surprise to anybody considering that what was it one or two episodes ago uh, I did my favorite Godzilla films and then this was I don't have the notes in front of me but I think this was in my top four so and I've talked about this movie quite a bit too over the last few years so but uh, here we are Godzilla versus Biolane and um, yeah so one of the things I wanted to tell you, Jason, that I forgot to mention before we started was that, um, and I sort of forgot about this over the week, but I was thinking about retweaking um, our schedule a little bit as far as some movies, like adding some films that I was actually surprised that we haven't done yet. And I forget like some of those films, but you may not have some of those films if I remember. Well, I know we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, I need to go over the schedule and just kind of see where we're at and sort of what to do as far as reorganizing it. Um, I don't know, just quickly checking my shelf. Well, crap, most of the stuff's being hidden from <laughs> other movies. Uh, but there were some movies that came to mind that I that I know I've had for a while, and I think some you've even had for a while that we just, for whatever reason, never talked about. Because I thought about it a few days ago. I'm like, that's odd that we haven't talked about that. So I know I... Also mention of us hopefully getting back to some of the other uh, tokusatsu uh, things. Yeah, I know. I know we've yeah, because we've we've actually have done um, was it Iron King and the original Ultraman? I think uh, two three episodes per episode, but we kind of after that we decided to just do an entire series, which I know it would take some time to watch an entire show uh depending upon that uh certain series mainly ultraman but yeah yeah uh, an ultraman thing you're looking at if we do if we were to do like three episodes and you're averaging two podcasts a month but there are two months out of each year in which we have three um so i i would assume yeah, you're looking at like five, six months worth for like an Ultraman series. Yeah, I would at least 
probably just do just watch an entire series if if you can. That'd I be, wouldn't even that'd, try to do that. That's way too much. If if we were yeah. to do that, we would have to give ourselves like a good month, month and a half to go through something like that. Yeah, or or if you have time, just binge watch it. <laughs> well, that's the thing, though. I don't have that time. Like, I couldn't fin. I as of right, like a couple of years ago, I could binge watch Ultraman and be done with it in eight to nine days. But I can't do that now. <laughs> yeah. So at least one of the only other bets is I know I have a couple Ultraman movies, but I I don't think you don't have any on hand. I have a couple films. Okay. But I'm not sure if you had the same ones that what do you have? I, I may have. I know I have uh, the Ultraman, Tiga, and Dinah, and um, I really can't see uh, the uh, the view of my DVDs things a little bit obscure. It's just I have over here, so. the, the Revenge of Belial or whatever it is. Okay. And I think I might have like was it Monster Mash or whatever it is maybe. I yeah, can't. the more the more recent uh, Ultraman Zero. I know I've uh, seen some. It's not zero. It's not zero. I mean, uh, I forget who it was, but yeah. Um, yeah, I've I've seen both of those before. But yeah, I've I, seen I don't I don't have both. Yeah, I don't have those two on hand. So. Yeah. What? Yeah. What I need to do when we get done, oh, and between now and our next episode, I need to go through like my movies because like it's so strange. I can't remember what those movies were. Mm-hmm. Um, but I need to go through. I need to just redo our um, upcoming episodes and all that because there were because I remember thinking about. I'm like, that's just weird. We hadn't covered some of those films, and I, like I said, I don't remember what they were. But but uh, I know for this upcoming G Fest, and by the way, Akira Takarada coming back, and then I think uh, Crafting oh. Kaiju Ward Wardlaw sup, <laughs> and then um, was it? Oh, I, I forget. Uh, some some other person is going to be attending uh, G Fest this year. I, f- I forget who it was because uh, I saw a posting on the G Fest Facebook page here not long ago. Oh, there's uh, uh, Hakajima's daughter. She's going to be uh, at G Fest this year. But uh, yeah, Nakajima I think or Nakajima. Nakajima. Okay. Um, I, say, I don't know a Hakajima. Yeah, I don't know if yeah, whatever. Uh, I know at uh, this GFS, I plan to uh, probably buy more movies than just figures because I mean I don't have a whole lot of space left for any of that. So I don't have space for much of anything. So <laughs> yeah, but anyway. Uh, Anything else you wish to add? Otherwise, we're going to dive into Bailane here. Um, no, I can't think of anything else. All right. So we're just going to go ahead and dive into a plot um, overview of Bailane. So again, we spoil this stuff. So if you've never seen the film and don't want to be spoiled, now's the time to turn away. Um, so moments after Godzilla's rampage on Tokyo in 1984, terrorists see some Godzilla cells and then they are killed by a Seradian agent. 
Dr. Shiragami working in Seradia, and Seradia is a fictitious country, is experimenting on super plants that can grow in harsh conditions. His daughter, Erica, her lab explodes and she is killed. Years later, Shiragami is approached to work with the Godzilla cells to create a new bioweapon to destroy Godzilla. Shiragami initially declines, but due to continuing to grieve over his daughter and to make her immortal, he accepts and would eventually create Biolane. Miki Sagusa, a psychic who is being used by the Self-Defense Force to predict when Godzilla will rise once again, tells the Self-Defense Force Godzilla is on the verge of breaking out. The Self-Defense Force pref- pairs with their new weapons, anti-nuclear energy bacteria, and the Super X-2. Bailane escapes Shiragami's lab and makes its home in a larger lake. Godzilla escapes and does significant damage to the Super X-2 in their initial encounter. Godzilla then meets up with Bailane in the tussle is swift. Bailane gets a few hits in with her vines, but is quickly disposed of when Godzilla sets her ablaze. Her cells ascend into the heavens to fight another day. Godzilla ravages several of Japan's cities, and the Super X-2 is sent in again to do battle. The flying mech is even more quickly disposed of this time due to its fire mirror not having been fully maintained after the first battle. The anti-nuclear energy bacteria is injected into Godzilla, but doesn't appear to be working. It's believed Godzilla's body temperature needs to be raised for it to work. So the self-defense force creates an artificial lightning field along with numerous conventional weapons to attack Godzilla and raise his temperature. This appears to work, but the field is practically destroyed once Godzilla's temperature begins to rise enough for the bacteria to take hold. Bailane cells descend and re-emerge and... Bailani is now larger and more ferocious. Godzilla and Bailani have a bit of a back and forth, but despite Bailani looking seemingly more powerful, it is still dispatched fairly quickly. Godzilla heads to the ocean nearby where it collapses on the shore. The anti-nuclear energy bacteria appears to be working. Shiragami believes Erika lives on in Bailane, but he is quickly shot and killed by the Serradian agent from earlier in the movie. After a brief car chase and romp in the mud, the Serradian agent steps on one of the lightning pa- pads and is disintegrated. Godzilla rises from the ocean, the anti-nuclear energy bacteria didn't appear to work after all, and Godzilla swims off as the camera pans out into space where we see a glowing rose head. So, um, anybody who may not uh, be um, having listened to the podcast over a long period of time knows that when I initially saw this film back in 96 out on VHS, yeah, I remember uh, that this was a movie. I remember after I watched it the first time and even a handful of times after that in the subsequent months, I walked away from it. Very disappointed. Um, I was really excited about this movie, not only because it was a, Godzilla film I had never seen before, but when we had lived in a previous town, I found a friend who also was a huge Godzilla nerd, and um, um, he had told me that he had seen it. He told me what the poster looked like and what the VHS looked like and all that. He was saying it was like the greatest Godzilla movie he had ever seen. Then we move found this movie i bought it and then watched it. and like i said i ended up being very disappointed um and i remember for a number of years after that uh 
I couldn't understand when I would go on to forums on various websites like uh, Monster Zero early, in the early 2000s yeah. and and all that. And, you know, I was talking with other fans about Godzilla movies, like, what do you think is the best or, you know, what is your favorite or whatever? Um, I couldn't understand why people always said that they thought either bylining was one if not the best movie or was maybe their favorite film and i just could not understand it because i'm like this movie is a complete and utter disappointment you know bylining is destroyed very quickly and um uh you know it, it the story just doesn't seem to mesh all that well etc i just couldn't understand why people really dug this movie so much and uh, it got to a point where, gosh, I can't remember the last time I had seen this movie. It was probably at some point like early 2000s again. But there was a period of anywhere between eight, ten years or so at least where I didn't see the movie. And it wasn't until 2012 that I actually saw the movie for the first time in a long time. And then all of a sudden it clicked this movie went from being one of my least favorite, if not my least favorite film to being one of my all time favorites in a film that I also believe is one of the best films in the franchise. And I started thinking about that and I go, well, why this dramatic sh shift in me? Cause I remember, and I've talked about this before on previous episodes of this podcast for gosh, you know, six, seven years now, where I had a resurgence in my own fandom uh, back in very late 2011, like a couple days before New Year's. And I started watching Godzilla movies very frequently again, uh, because for five or so years up to that point, I watched maybe a couple at best every year, like it just got to a point where I just wasn't really following the franchise anymore and I wasn't really watching the films anymore. Uh, part of it was because I was a college student. I had a lot of stuff going on. I had a fairly active social life as well. Uh, other things were interesting me, uh, such as sports um, as well. I mean, there were a host of reasons why. Part of the reason, too, was the fact that there were no Godzilla movies really coming out except yeah, the um, the announcement that there was going to be uh, a new American Godzilla movie, which was originally supposed to come out in 2012. But mm -hmm. then after Fukushima, that movie was indefinitely uh, postponed. And then that sort of kind of killed a lot of my um, interest in Godzilla. I'm like, great, you know, maybe now <laughs> – Again, maybe we're not going to see this movie ever because they say indefinitely. It's just like, okay, this just killed my whole. Yeah, and and that was one of the main reasons why we started our podcast show was because of the recent news of a new American Godzilla movie coming uh, in a couple of years before we started our podcast. And then after that, uh, I think our last podcast show that we did around that time was when I checked the records, it was April 2011. And then we had, I think, a, uh, a year, year and a half, and a half uh, break. Well, yeah. And when 2012 came around and I really started watching films again, and I've said this before, I, you know, I still had this weird relationship with, a, with, um, 
with certain films, especially a film like Godzilla versus King Ghidorah, where at times I really love it. And then at times I'm like, Oh no, like, you know, like a, you know, stovetop that's turned on. You just kind of like, Oh, um, but then I started to looking at films like Ghidorah, the three headed monster, a film that for many years I thought, excuse me, was really overrated. Again, when I first saw that film on VHS back in 98, I'm like, what's so special about this? Cause I had read uh, in several books and I had heard a lot of people uh, online for years uh, basically say this is supposed to be like one of the greatest Godzilla films ever because it's King Ghidorah's debut and all that and I was hyped for it and I watched this movie I go there's nothing special about this well starting in 2012 I started looking at that film differently and it's also become one of my favorite films now too um, Destroy All Monsters again very disappointed in that when I first saw it years back I still don't think it's that great um it's okay. It's got some fun spots, but I still, that to me is one of those films that I haven't changed my opinion on much, but Bailani was one of those in which I had a huge shift as far as what I thought about it. Um, it it's kind of like with Ghidorah, you know, I went from thinking it was one of the worst, one of the most disappointing films to now being not only one of my favorites, but, you know, a, well, I don't want to say Ghidorah is one of the best films because there are a lot of technical issues with that film because it was even more rushed mm-hmm. uh, than like Mothra versus Godzilla. It was made and released the same year as Mothra versus Godzilla. So there were issues with uh, production quality on that one. But still, it, I found it to be entertaining. And Bailani was a film I'm going, why this sudden shift? Or well, not sudden, but I would maybe I say yes, sudden. But I, I might say one of the reasons is obviously you're getting older, uh, getting more mature, and I think you're understanding a little bit more of what's actually going on. Whereas when we watched this when we were kids, we didn't really know. And that's the thing that I conclude. I go, I think I'm older because I remember sitting there and as I watched the movie, of course, again, like I said, it's been it had been years since I had last seen that particular film. Right. And part of it was because, too, I didn't have a VHS player in college. I just had a DVD player and there wasn't an adequate DVD release of that film. I, I obtained it from some other means, but um, <laughs> I, I watch it and I go, OK, this actually makes sense now because I was able to understand more of the story, you know, uh, bioweapons and um, just really. Yeah, just the fact that I got older, I had experienced life more. I had read more about various things, too. I understood the story more and I looked at it in a different light, too. And I go, you know, there's a lot of Godzilla action, actually, in this film. Yeah, the Biolani stuff is still very short and still, in effect, kind of disappointing. But there is a lot of kaiju action, quite frankly, in this film. And I go, I actually really enjoyed this film now. So, you know, the, the, the 2012, when I saw that for the first time in years, all of a sudden I had a major swing from, like, no, I really dislike this movie. I think it's one of the worst to no, it's one of the best. And it's also one of my favorites as well. And then of course the Japanese, and I think it was 2012, uh, you know, ranked the Godzilla movies or at least voted on what they thought was the best Godzilla movie. And mm-hmm. by came out on uh, top. And 
Yeah, yeah it, it's it's gotten to be that way too over here with uh, the last. I don't think it was this past G Fest. It might have been the G Fest after this past G Fest, and uh, there was a panel that we saw. I think we caught the end of it. That uh, the panelists, I think they had uh, Godzilla versus Biolani as their favorite. Oh, this was the most recent G Fest. Yeah, I'm trying to remember who came out on top because um, I, I Cause, think I remember because I know did a wrap up show because I know they did some kind of uh, joke and then they say, oh yeah, it's Gazelfer's byline. I think I remember. I think their final because I know Ibra was in the final four. Ibra may have even made it into the final round. Yeah, I, th- I, I think so. Yeah. So, yeah, I think they boiled it down to Ibra in this film. Mm-hmm. And then they did a little joke. It wasn't even a Godzilla film. They were like, and the winner is. And they did something really goofy and kiddish, mm-hmm. I think. It wasn't even a Godzilla film. But yeah. like, no kidding, it's Bailani. Um, I'm, it might have been. Don't quote us on that. I don't remember what it but I'm, I know Shin Godzilla was in the final four. I know Ibra was in the final four. I think this movie was in the final four, and I can't remember the other one. Um, I probably, I would think that they might have had Destroyer Monsters in that to top off the final four. Ick. <laughs> <laughs> that or maybe that or maybe either Ghidorah the Three Headed Monster or Monster Zero. It could have been those three films. Mm, I don't think either one of those. It was kind of a surprising panel. I do remember that. Yeah. I was actually pleasantly surprised because I remember telling you, I'm like, wow, Ibra made it really far. I'm like, <laughs> I'm liking this. I'm like, finally, this movie's going to get some respect from people. Even if it doesn't win, the fact that it got this far is impressive. But Yeah. The the film that uh, we started, that pretty much got us off the ground with the whole Godzilla franchise. Yeah. But anyway, I really like how this movie starts off immediately after the chaos of um, of Godzilla's Rampage in 1984. And you got these terrorists. I mean, the story is unlike anything we had seen in the Godzilla film prior and really even since. Um, it's a story that... And, and I, unless I'm forgetting, it gets slightly convoluted for a godzilla film yeah it's 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 a bit unusual to see this kind of uh espionage uh sort of uh spy thrillers uh thing that they uh set up for this film yeah and i'm trying to figure out and i still i don't remember i think uh, the japanese company which shiragami agrees to work for to create the new bioweapon i think they're called called biomajor or is that the seradian company's name i think that's the seradian company the one that uh, they got they obtained the G cells from it was a a foundation it starts with the no i think it was you know doc cookie i don't know uh i know it started with an o and then the foundation and this is where the um the uh, the lead actor talks with the the head of this foundation and they go into that one 
um, vault where they store the the G cells. Well, and another thing, and again, it's so strange because I should know this because I've seen this movie many times, and yet as we're doing, maybe I'm just maybe I'm getting nervous because I'm on a podcast now. Um, but <laughs> I can probably uh, take a uh, search it I, up here. I'm trying to figure out. Let's see, bio ma- American Bio Major Organization is there covered by the Serrating? Okay, Serrating Institute of Technology and Science in the American Bio Major. Or so the American Bio Major. They're after the Godzilla cells. I think those are the two guys that end up getting killed later. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see, a night later, Bio Major. Yeah, okay, then that is those guys. Um, uh, but but but. Well, I'm trying to figure out that guy, that one guy, the the heavy set guy. Yeah, because he's he's the guy that runs this foundation where the the lead character goes to. It starts with an O, but uh, as from what I'm seeing here, I'm not seeing where it says the name of that foundation. I am not seeing it. Let's see. The Okochi Foundation? Yeah, the Okochi Foundation. So, okay, and another thing I'm trying to figure out, this is so strange because like I said, I should know this because I've seen this movie dozens of times. Then why does he later want, no, it's not he that wants Shiragami killed. It's the Serrating Institute of Technology head that wants Shiragami killed. Why does he want Shiragami killed? Is it just because Shiragami left? the institute and he's just mad i've never quite figured that out uh, unless i'm like i said i shouldn't know this i'm not so certain either it i would probably would have to go back and watch it there there's probably something that they mentioned in there well they should mention in there but uh i didn't quite catch it even though i've seen this movie for many years the same amount of time that you have, but I just don't even catch on to it. I may be guessing they were probably competing with uh, the the anti-nuclear bacteria sort of weapon, something like that. That could be one reason. Um, Yeah, I'm just, I would have to take a look back at the movie whenever I, if uh, I get the chance to see it again. I'm actually going to just type it into Google here. Why was Dr. Shiragami murdered? It'll probably give me like an actual story of <laughs> No, actually, it's some weird Doctor Who thing that comes up. Here's a Goji Wikipedia. Let's see. History. There, Dr. Shiragami starting it. Imported Godzilla cells. Eventually accepts that still life form after, but he's immediately shot and killed. Who is later killed? Okay, but let's see later. Shirogami witnesses. No, I get nothing here either. So yeah, I don't know. Um. Yeah, it. We would have to take a look at it. Uh, I. I Reading this first sentence here, according to Wikipedia, uh, in the aftermath of Godzilla's attack on Tokyo and later imprisonment in Mount Nahara, monster cells are delivered to the uh, uh, 
Seradia Institute of Technology and Science, where they are to be merged with genetically modified plants in hope of transforming Seradia's uh, deserts into fertile land and adding the country's economic dependence on oil wells. Dr. Uh, Genshiro uh, Shiragami and his daughter Erika are enlisted to aid with the project tower where terrorist bombing destroys its institute's laboratory, ruining the cells and carrying, uh, killing Erika. Um, I guess is that something to have to do with because he created Biolani and that he was supposed to do that for them. That, At least right now, until I get to see the movie again, it sounds to me like they were just maybe pissed at him. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's something that both of us would have to go back and to watch in the movie. Yeah, because I, I, like I said, I've seen this movie so many times I should know the answer to this. Same but. here. <laughs> but it's just, it's just something that's just... Uh, kind of in the some sort of white noise that we don't even pay attention to. Could be because I'm I'm a passive movie watcher. A lot of times I don't pay all that close attention. But, um, anyways, uh, I really just like the fact that this movie is a little bit more adult in story, and I mm-hmm. think. And, and I think, uh, you know, unfortunately for younger viewers who watch this movie, I, I don't think m- most younger viewers are going to really like this movie a whole lot because I think they're going to have a hard time following yeah, it. Yeah, not quite catching on what was going on with the film. So, yeah, I mean, but, it's, it's pretty – I think it'll be pretty much the same experience that both you and I have gone through big, particularly our first viewing of it. Yeah. And I just think that um, this movie is a prime example and sort of unfortunately, because it didn't make a whole lot of money, Toho ended up getting more involved in the future sequels. Um, This movie, you know, it took about what, four, four to five years to make after the return of Godzilla and excuse me, there was a lot more time to develop a story. And I think even the shooting uh, schedule was even a little bit longer than usual as well for this film. The unfortunate aspect is it didn't make a lot of movie uh, money. And then um, Toho then got more involved in the sequels and as many, and I'm, I'm, feeling comfortable enough to say that I think most Western Godzilla fans will agree. I think if you were to take a survey, I think most Western Godzilla fans would agree this movie is one of the better ones. It may not necessarily be some of the peop- some of the fans' favorites, but I think from a technical standpoint, they would say, yes, it's one of the better ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, they probably would put it top... <laughs> Anywhere between the top seven to top five, I would assume. Anyways, um, I think this proves to Toho, and of course, sadly, this is a number of years later because there's no social media. 30 years that. later, to be exact. Um, I think this proves that for Toho, when you give some of these people a little bit more leeway in writing the story and you also give them a decent shooting schedule, they can make some pretty good stuff. Now that's not to say that 
you know, sometimes that always works. Space Godzilla, they gave the crew more um, time. Well, no, they, excuse me. Let me rephrase that. They gave the, the crew more free reign as far as what the story was about. The shooting schedule was still pretty short, but they gave them more leeway for the story. Uh, sadly, that didn't do so well um, money-wise either. So then they got more involved with Destroya. Um and then, of course, too, you take a look at a lot of the show films, especially uh, the Honda films and maybe even a couple of, in my opinion, um, um, John Fakuda films, where despite the quick shooting schedule, there were some pretty good films that came out of that that era. Mothra vs. Godzilla, for example. Uh, I think even Gojira was shot, you know, in a very short span of time, too. Um so yeah i mean there are always exceptions to that rule but i think this film in particular really should have told toho again i know they look at the money more so than fan reaction sometimes but i think they need to look at this and be like okay sure at the time it wasn't the best movie that we wanted we assumed that giving these guys more of a free reign with story writing that you know it would work and it didn't seem to work we introduced a new monster that probably didn't work but it seems like a lot of people like it our people in japan here voted it as the best godzilla film of all time back you know seven years ago now and a lot of fans in the west seem to think it's one of the better films as well we need to give people more free reign and kind of back off a little bit. We can say, okay, you need to do a couple things here and there, but by and large, give them more time to shoot and give them more freedom for the story writing um, as well. And then sadly, after this film, we get King Ghidorah. <laughs> <laughs> So. I also realized uh, one of the controllers that controlled uh, the Super X2 was uh, one of the main leads for uh, Gazelfer's Ghidorah. Yeah, he is uh, the the main lead. I can't remember, did... Um, I'm forgetting people's names. Um, who was the main effects director throughout most of the Heisei? He died here like a couple of years ago. What was his name? Kawakita. Koichi Kawakita. Yeah, did he do the effects for this film? Yeah, yeah, because uh, after I watched the main movie, the uh, uh, the oh, the special edition footage, the behind the scenes and stuff, he did some interviews on it and everything. I think he was actually a uh, co-director. Uh, <laughs> for the film let me let me check the okay. credits here i'm gonna say this right now with kawakita having done the effects work for this film and the fact that he won a japanese academy award for effects for king Ghidorah, i think is outrageous yeah. the effects for king Ghidorah, i never thought were that great um to begin with i and they definitely have not aged well i think the effects work in Bailani is much better than that and that's aged yeah even even since we have the blu-ray and then me uh recently getting a 4k tv uh just by looking at the effects of it it still has aged pretty well there were some instances on the 4k where 
that uh, one scene in uh, Tokyo, I think it was in the Shujuku area of Tokyo, where they had that one building with the uh, Godzilla's footprint going through the uh, the side of it. Uh, yeah, apparently, or whatever it was. Yeah, yeah, it was the the Godzilla Memorial Lounge uh, building in that movie, and. Uh, if you look at it on the 4K, you can see that matte screen outline uh, overlay border, and you can see it somewhat uh, shake a little bit when that camera is zooming in on oh, that really? uh, building. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. So, well, so with it, it, it kind of somewhat aged a little bit when you got the Blu-ray and then mix it in with the 4K TV. Then you're gonna see some of that but izilla 590 <laughs> how's it going and uh, and then with uh but with the rest of the visual effects in there a lot of it has still aged pretty well yeah it, that's i i understand especially with a lot of these older films even when you do the hd um even when you do the hd conversion uh, I'm doing well. Talk about Bailane. I, I don't know what your thoughts are on the the film. It's one of my personal favorites. But um, yeah, with um, I, I think with some of the HD conversions, especially with films that were not filmed in HD, um, it because like I even noticed it with the return of Godzilla I remember telling you when we discussed that film I was shocked where this one scene um, Godzilla's walking and there's supposed to be buildings and like maybe one or two skyscrapers in front of them and for years I thought that was part of like the model set or whatever but no on the blu-ray it's superimposed again and I'm like whoa like Mm -hmm. I think when you do some of these conversion stuff because when you and I had a different podcast and we talked about the Rocky movies and I watched him on Blu-ray, um, I was, um, um, I, I remember saying that I, it, it seemed the footage in a, most of those films was grainy. And I've always believed in my opinion, when it came to converting older films into HD, I thought it hurt the films more in most cases. Uh, you like the film. Yeah, you think it's underrated? Uh, Guns. I actually had a Godzilla thon and we watched it then, right, recently. Oh, did you watch all the films? I haven't had a Godzilla thon in a couple of years. It's been a while. Um, I've I've actually been wanting to do a Godzilla thon. I just haven't really done it. Just been really busy. Yeah, I well I should I, I should maybe it. try doing it before when we go to GFest 26. Last time I did, I think, was early 2017 before my daughter was born. I felt, and I realized that was the last time I was going to um, uh, do that because I knew I was going to be more busy. And I haven't had one since. So as far as it being underrated, um, I would – is it underrated? Um, oh, are hey. you, you haven't finished your marathon yet. You're on Mechagodzilla 2. Are you going in order from – uh, as far as when the films were released, or are you just kind of doing it however? Like you're just picking random films. How are you doing that? 
when I did it uh, here in 2015 and 2016, I just picked a bunch of films at random. I've always wanted to go in order, but I... I know we did that in order a couple of years uh, a long time ago when we were living at the parents' house before we went our ways with college and everything. Oh, yeah, you're doing them in order? That's awesome. Yeah, because like I just said, I've always wanted to do that. We started it, but uh, we never finished it. One of these days, I'm hoping to to do them in order just to kind of see the evolution of the series as you progress. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that would be uh, great to do. Um, I would just need the, the anime Blu-ray. I do find your comment interesting saying that it's underrated. I don't know. I don't know if maybe I, you know, let's talk about this right now. I think uh, Zilla 590 brings up a very good point. I think again, with Western fans, I do think most fans would say it is one of the better made films, but even then it's not talked about a whole lot. Yeah. Now, now that you mention it, I, the only times when it's mentioned is when we're at G fest there, when it's talked about quite a bit. Yeah, it's just, it's interesting that, um, yeah, because this is a film that really, I think, does deserve a little bit more credit. But you always I, have fan favorites like Destroy Monsters. But I, I have a feeling that with uh, G-Fest this year and with it being the film's 30th anniversary this year, I have a feeling that Kevin Horn will do a 30th anniversary panel on the film so there's at least going to be some talk about it yeah i'm assuming zilla 590 you don't hear about this film a whole lot in in fan circles that uh you're a part of i take it because now that i think about it i mean i do hear about it every once in a while it's kind of funny because it's one of those films at least in my experience um when I do hear about it, I hear about it an awful lot for a short period of time, and then it kind of goes away. Uh, and then you go about you you hear people again talking about like you, you know your Shin Godzilla's, your Gojiras, and your Destroyer monsters, and you know the the big fan favorites. Um, Legendary. I don't. People don't even talk about that a whole lot. I think the only reason why people are talking about that a little bit more is because of the the new movie coming out here in a few months. Hmm. Um. Yeah, it's yeah. Damn it, this movie deserves more uh, credit. Because, like we were just saying, the Japanese voted this as their uh, as what they believe the best Godzilla film here about seven years ago. Maybe um, we should do our own survey, uh, like either on Facebook or do it in person at G Fest, and then uh, talk put about on it spot on camera. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or just do like a, one of those little petition type of uh, papers, but then just have them write down their uh, uh, favorite movie or something like that. We could do a Stephen Colbert type thing where we go Godzilla versus Bailani. Great Godzilla movie or the greatest Godzilla movie. <laughs> do something like that. Um, yeah, uh, Zilla 590. Uh, you know, earlier, I don't know if you saw us talking about it. We've only discussed it very briefly, but we discussed uh, the short fights between um, 
Godzilla versus oh my gosh between Godzilla and Biolani. Yeah. And when we first saw this movie back in 96, uh, that was one of the things that turned me off initially from this movie for many years. Uh, but of course, I was young. I didn't fully appreciate nor understand the story. Um, I was just kind of wondering, you know, how long ago did you first see this film? I don't even know how old you are to begin with. But like, what? what's your opinion on the battles because I always was really disappointed. I was okay with the first battle being short because Bailani was a rose and really couldn't do much. It was but pretty was fa- fragile too. I was more disappointed in that final battle because here Bailani is bigger, more badass, able to move around. And yeah, it did more than what it did in the first battle. But at the same time though, too, Godzilla was under the effects of anti-nuclear energy bacteria but it still was dispatched quickly. I mean, what is that something that sort of disappoints you about this movie at all? You know, like what are your thoughts on on the actual battles um, here? Um, oh, your internet's being wonky. Okay, uh, well, just let let us know when your internet's working a little bit better. Here, I'll I'll repeat the question again. But kind of getting into um, kind of the movie at large it's really interesting how like i was talking about earlier how sort of convoluted the story is for a godzilla film and it's i'm not saying it's convoluted in like i don't know like i don't know what would be considered a convoluted story here in america like departed or i don't know uh inception yeah inception uh it's not like that uh, but it's convoluted enough because most Godzilla films are incredibly straightforward. Yeah. And in a way, this one is too. But it seems it's a, a, it has a little bit more in depth type of story than the other Godzilla films. Yeah, it does. Um, it really has. Um, I, I do appreciate that. But at the same time, too, it's kind of funny because once Godzilla is let out of Mount Mihara, you still obviously get the continuation of that deeper story. I don't know if I should put that in quotes or not. Um, And at the same time though, too, you're getting a lot of Godzilla action. Godzilla fights the super X too. And you got a lot going on there. And then you get a lot of wonderful scenes of Godzilla destroying miniatures and very decent size model cities um, going on. uh uh, speaking speaking of which, uh, as far as miniatures, I'm going to interrupt you here for a second on miniatures. Uh, the question I was asking earlier was, um, what do you think of the two battles between Godzilla and Biolani? Uh, even years later, after I first saw this film, I still am disappointed in at least that final battle. Um, I was kind of wondering if you were disappointed by sort of this final battle, at least. So that's the question I'm posing. But anyway, you were saying, Jason, about um, my- yeah. Uh, speaking about the uh, the miniatures and uh, everything, what do you think of the uh, the the con- con- the concept of uh, Super X two? Because I know with uh, the Super X one, it was to me it was m- much more powerful in the way, especially when confronted by Godzilla's atomic ray 
Whereas this one, it seemed a little bit more fragile with the the outer part where when Godzilla's atomic ray hits uh, the the outer part of or the surface of Super X2, it just gets badly damaged pretty easily. Yeah, um, I've considered it the weakest out of the Super X's. it seemed like initially, I remember when we first saw this movie and they were saying Super X 2, you and I, I remember looked at each other and we were like, what? There's another Super X? Like, yeah. We just thought it was the greatest thing in the world. We're like, oh man, like, you know, sh- we, we didn't think it was going to kill Godzilla, but we thought, oh, there's going to be a decent fight here. And then I remember after we got done watching this movie, I'm kind of thinking, I'm like, that sucked actually. <laughs> this, I thought the idea with the fire mirror was actually brilliant. Mm-hmm. But the fact that they had that go um the, the fact that they had that become a deterrent or a detriment to um it was it was like a, a double-edged sword sort of speak whereas if it's it was pretty effective because uh one of the guys said in there that it reflects godzilla's atomic rays a thousand times but it they didn't really mention that if it's used too much, the I forget what it was that they used for that reflection. It was some kind synthetic of uh, diamonds. Yeah, synthetic diamonds where they they start to warp and uh, deteriorate. Where we saw in one of the close up shots where it was starting to melt. Yeah. Oh, you didn't. Th- you thought they were okay. Yeah, I've. I think I've heard that from quite a few fans. That, um, like me, I consider this one of the better films. And the interesting thing is that, yeah, it, it had a lot of potential. I really thought that. You take a look at Bylani's final form, and you're just like, oh man, shit's about to get real here, <laughs> and it's over in about two three minutes. So, yeah. Uh, Oh, you're not really disappointed when it comes to that type of thing. Good for you, actually. I know a lot of fans do get disappointed when it comes to like the kaiju fights. I I'm one of those people that doesn't get too disappointed either, but I think it depends on who the opponent is. Like again with Bayonet, Bayonet being so much bigger. I think it just had a lot of potential. Yeah, I think I'm more disappointed in the potential of that and the fact that it looks so badass. I was hoping that we were going to get more. Uh, again, this doesn't kill the movie for me. It did when I was a lot younger. But yeah, like as I've gotten older, the kaiju fights are kind of like cherry on top of the Sunday. Yeah, it would have been nice to see it longer, but I like what I get because you get a lot of Godzilla action nevertheless in this film. Yeah, and, and uh, since we were since we we're talking about uh Bialani here, I think it was one of the interviews with the uh the new uh Godzilla King of the Monsters director, Michael Doherty. And uh don't quote me on this specifically, but uh from one of the questions that he answered that he would have liked to have had uh, both Bailani and Gigan in uh, one of the movies. That would have been sweet. Yeah. <laughs> the, the sad thing, though, is I don't think... I think fans, to a certain extent, would have gotten hyped up for that, but I still don't think the larger scope audience would have. 
Yeah, I think it was for the better to bring in the more familiar monsters that everyone's obviously familiar with. Yeah, I've got some opinions on that, but I guess we'll talk about that more in some future episodes here. Um, but yeah, I I think fans, I understand fans, you know, we watch these movies as a, as a form of just kind of getting away from, uh, you know, the the world and the fact that it can, you know, being in reality is exhausting after a while and that this is a form of escape and you just like seeing uh, monsters duke it out, which is fine. But I think a lot of fans do get too hung up in terms of maybe how long a fight lasts uh, and or the quality or how long Godzilla is on the screen, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah, I just, I think sadly people get too hung up on that. It just, it's sad because <laughs> I think, I think that's why we see so many certain types of stories get repeated in this franchise after a while. Cause you know, basically this film that we're getting in May is a, 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 a redone of Ghidorah more or less. Basically. I mean, it looks really cool. I'm excited about it, but it's still, it's just, yeah, like I would have liked to have seen Biolane too. I would like to either see some new. I like the Mudos. I mean, they're not the greatest kaiju villains of all time, but they were nice. They were they were unique. They had a nice backstory. They they proved that hey, if they could infest, if they could kill Godzilla, which you know they were beating him up pretty good there for a bit, they could take over the world like uh, like a bunch of insects. In fact, they more or less were insects, um, but. Um, yeah, I think um, I forgot where I was going to go now. <laughs> Why don't you take over the conversation here? I feel like I've been talking an awful lot here. Um, well, I know we've been kind of somewhat going off track here and just to kind of get back into uh, what we're discussing about here. Um, as far I want to kind of continue on with uh, that whole mass screen with the Blu-ray and then the 4K TV mix-up. As far as that one scene I discussed about earlier with that Godzilla Memorial Lounge and the mass screen uh, sort of border around that uh, outdoor scene in the Shinjuku area, which I'm probably guessing it was taking place, but however, in the uh, the Serradius outdoor scenes that they had there i know with some of the uh actual footages that they shot and then they had uh the mass screen for both that uh desert landscape that they had uh, behind one of the buildings there in the shots and then that laboratory oh yeah that's also mass screen however those did blend in pretty well even though you can uh when it comes to the uh, the laboratory building there, you can obviously distinguish that it looked like a uh, a painting. Yeah, the desert always – yeah, now that you bring it up, yeah, that always – even back in 96 looked like a painting. I, 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 I five to Zilla 590, I love the 2014 one as well. I think that's also an underrated film. That uh, That's a brilliant film. Brilliant. I, I wish fans really took more of 
the time to sit down and appreciate uh, the film for for what it is. I think masterpiece definitely. Same masterpiece. same goes with Rampage too. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> but we're talking about <laughs> yeah, I know, but um, yeah, I thought at first uh, that the whole desert part was part of an actual setting in a way until I watched the uh, the special edition uh, footage after this movie on the Blu-ray disc and they showed uh, uh, different shots of the, act- the actual shot and then they showed the matte painting uh, both separate and then the how and then another shot of when they put those together. But um, yeah, there there are some instances where both the actual shot and the matte painting blend in work pretty well, mainly in that Seradia scene, but in that one uh, Godzilla Memorial Lounge uh, scene from outside, you can definitely tell it was uh, inserted in there. If you watch this film, uh, on a Blu-ray disc with 4K TV, but uh, see, and I'm getting into my old man thing here, where it's just like that's one of the reasons why I am turning against like this continuation of trying to make things even more high def because. It ruin. I think it's going to gradually ruin certain films. I mean, sure, um, you know, that's just like with some of the Showa era films, you can see strings and stuff in certain moments, even on like DVDs. But that's not a deterrent because they already kind of look fakey. But with a film like Biolani, which things look a little bit more realistic, Mm -hmm. and then when you continue to beef up all this HD technology. Like we were talking about with the return of Godzilla in that one shot of Godzilla with those buildings in the foreground, how that shocked me when I saw that. Uh, it just kind of ruins the illusion. Mm-hmm. I think. But uh, other, other than that, when they show those polygonal scenes with the maps and everything and showing all that, that still looks pretty darn good for what it is i think i totally agree those 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 age pretty well yeah well yeah because it's basic like 1980s computer graphics but yeah i agree to zilla 590 that's i've heard some people kind of uh, diss on the acting too i will say and i think i even said this back when we covered the movie in 2014 that um what's his name aaron taylor johnson I yeah. thought acting was okay, but as I've watched the movie more, it actually isn't that bad. It's still not the greatest, but I've heard people complaining about the acting too. But even then, I thought across the board, the acting was really good. And people I've heard complain an awful lot about Brian Cranston dying, but I'm like, no, that's actually a good thing. I even disagree with Cranston when he said a while later that he his character shouldn't have been killed. And I'm thinking... No, actually, that's a good thing because we see in so many stories anymore where your popular characters do tend to live. And one of the reasons why Game of Thrones is so popular is because some of people's favorite characters do die on that show. Uh, I'm not don't ask me anything about Game of Thrones. I don't know that much about it, but yeah, I've I've yet yet to watch that. I'm just I'm just going to wait until all that entire series. And the funny thing is 
you know, with because Gareth Edwards even mentioned that his um, inspiration for why he treated Godzilla the way that he did was Jaws. And I think maybe mm. he even brought up the movie Alien as well. I'm not a fan of Alien. I think uh, I think Jaws was brought up more than I've heard about Alien. Yeah. But, you know, um, was how does that phrase go? Like, the less you see, like, how does that phrase go? But as the movie goes on, you do see more Godzilla. And even though you don't... Uh, you know, have Godzilla on screen all that often. The fact is, the entire story is about Godzilla and Mudos. How are we going to stop them? You know, like, just because you you don't have to see them to enjoy the film. Because in a film like the 2014 film, that's the entire story. Once those creatures show up, that's all the movie is. Mm-hmm. And uh, let's see, I agree. Unpopular. I like old Sudimation more than new CGI stuff. Um, you you think that's an unpopular opinion to have? I think I like I like both. I am one of those um, few people that I will celebrate CGI more than most people. Um, but if someone were to come to me and be like, "Okay," I'm I would say if you. to me, if it's done right then yeah the problem and what i'm about to say maybe actually in an unpopular opinion i do like pseudomation because yes i grew up on most of those films and there's a charm to sort of the cheesiness of that but um i will say though i guess it depends on what kind of movie you're looking to make if you're looking to make something that's childish and fun or funny then go ahead yes by all means, use the suit. But if you're looking to make something that's a little bit more serious, I would use the suit stuff sparingly, um, like maybe for close-up shots or something like that. Or animatronics. Or mocap stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah I, 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 I... I'm one of those rare people that I like both, but I think now because the technology is there and the technology is good enough to get away with it, I don't know why people bash CGI so much because CGI, I know a lot of people say, well, it doesn't appear that there's any weight to stuff. And I go, well, that's true in some cases, but I think it depends on budget and the animators that you got. But I've seen some really good CG mm. stuff. The 2005 Kong movie, for example, I think is wonderful. And I will even say, I thought the 2014 film looked marvelous as well and so, uh con skull island i con think that skull was pretty good I, yeah and and some people argue though too because there isn't something physical there in front of you to see for the actors like the human actors in the story they their their expressions are off sometimes or they don't act appropriately in certain situations i'm like I hardly see that problem. I see it once in a great while, but I usually do see that in cheaper, cheesier films. I don't see yeah. that in a lot of your blockbuster films. I, you know, even if you hate the the Michael Bay Transformers films, for example, I thought Shia LaBeouf, Mark Wahlberg, and all those characters, I thought they acted appropriately. I thought they did a good job. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's. I I just think unfortunately, uh, yeah. You love how good CGI is getting also nostalgic for old ones. Yeah. Um, 
I am too. But I think one of the great things about our time that we live in is that a lot of the stuff is becoming more available on Blu-ray and DVD. Because, um, yeah, I will say my favorite era of Godzilla films is the Showa. I like, especially now that I'm an adult, I miss being a kid and I miss sort of the innocence of um, kind of what it was like to be a kid and be fascinated by this stuff. Like you didn't care so much about the story. You just like to see weird creatures and all that stuff. That's one of the reasons why I love the Showa era. And um, um, uh, yeah, I like tech for me, transfer brief transformers aside, I guess. I like all the Transformer movies, including the fifth one, but I that fifth one though, yeah, I think is the biggest stinker. But um, yeah, I like a lot of the older stuff too. Like I don't know if you've seen Ultra Q. Um, I love Ultra Q. Part of the reason for that is that it's in black and white. I think in black and white, when you try to make things haunting and creepy, it works better. Mm-hmm. Uh, not to mention, I'm a huge fan of the Twilight Zone, the old Twilight Zone, and that to me reminds me some of that. Um, but I like a lot of the practical effects too, like yeah. creatures and other things too. And I like the old Ultraman too. I love the old Ultraman because I've seen Ultra Seven as well. Ultra Seven's good, but Ultra Seven, even though it was made what a year or two later, it still got um, it still got uh, a little too fancy for my taste. It's still good, but, but I think there's a better charm to the original Ultraman. But uh, if you've seen the more recent Ultraman series, you know, Ultraman X, Ultraman Orb, uh, those sorts of new Ultraman shows, uh, I think they tried to kind of combine both the CGI and the pseudomation together to kind of kind of have a perfect mix in it. And I think they do a perfect, uh, uh, not a perfect, a, at least a good job in that area. There, there are some instances where you can obviously tell uh, mainly in the CGI, but uh, with the, I would say with the uh, strict uh, production schedule that they have with these uh, Ultraman shows, the more recent ones, I still think they do a pretty damn good job with them. They still do. My personal issue, and I'm not saying you're wrong or anything, it's just my taste. Um, Like I told you before, um, I'm a little concerned as I move through all the Ultraman series that once we get closer to like mid, maybe even late 80s, I'm going to start to really dislike most of them because you will have more of that computer graphics stuff. And, and again, I am a fan of CGI, but I'm not a fan of bad CGI. But I would I would have to say uh, the last time I watched Ultraman Tiga, which was done in 96, I would have to say um, I'm guessing that they had the same amount of uh, production to the ones that uh, that the the today's ones have however the cgi didn't really age too well yeah and i guess and i think i i just kind of realized what my what my point was going to be about that like i i think i even told you this before like when we were at a g fest or something over the last couple years i said yeah like some of the recent ones they may have fun stories but the problem I personally seem to have with a lot of the newer stuff, at least when it comes to Ultraman, 
um, is that there's a charm that's lost because you go back and you watch a lot of the Showa era stuff, not just in Godzilla, but even Gamera and you, the Manster, <laughs> one of my guilty pleasures. Oh God! Um, you know, you watch those movies, and yeah, you can sit there and you can, you know, some of them are actually really good. Mothra versus Godzilla being one of them, for example. Others are so ridiculous and over the top, you can't help to not only laugh at them, but to be entertained by them. And I think like I told you before, for me, there's a charm in that era because it seemed like most of the people, not only were they made specifically for kids in a lot of cases, but people just didn't give a crap too much, uh, you know, about continuity. And that's not to say maybe they didn't care, but I don't know. It's just, there's a charm that is lost because you would never see a movie like the Manster or um, golden bat the way that they currently are made today unless they made them more gritty and serious and stuff like that like basically the charm is gone um well in in my opinion i don't really see much of that lost um yeah maybe some of the formula has uh, somewhat changed but or some of it due to a little bit more improvements of the story and the character but i would say um i would still say some of that charm is there yeah i mean i haven't seen a whole lot of the the new stuff to but, really say one way or the other but, but the only thing is that i can't wait for the the manga or anime version of the the manga version of ultraman uh coming out here on netflix but um anyways let's we're kind of getting off track here let's get back into potpourri. <laughs> yeah <laughs> get back to uh godzilla versus Biolana here which is the the main reason why we we're doing this episode Anybody listening to this, you know, via Google Place, you know, are we on Stitcher? No, we are. Uh, no. Um, if you're listening to us on Google Play, or you're listening uh, on uh, uh, iTunes, uh, iTunes and and on our website now. Yeah, Zilla590 has really helped this conversation come along. He's actually brought up topics that we've never really talked about or considered a whole lot, uh, you know, in um, uh really and throughout our podcast history yeah but uh let's let's get back into uh godzilla's biolane here uh i know we've somewhat delved in a little bit of the human story portion of of godzilla versus biolane i know that we mentioned that uh, we didn't really care about the movie. I think simply because uh, the way that the uh, story, uh, mainly the human part of the story, was a little bit more convoluted in a way to where we didn't quite understand it the first time that we watched Godzilla vs. Biolani. But uh, as the years progressed, we started to understand and to where we liked uh the movie more and kind of in your predicament it went from your least favorite to possibly your uh top four uh movie quite quickly and i think i've 
I somewhat was in the same path, but um, as far as my first viewing of it uh, back in 96 as well, I think um, I didn't really think of it as my least favorite. I, In my opinion, I, if I can uh, dig deep into my thoughts of how I thought of it at first, I think it was more in the middle. Uh, as far as all the Godzilla movies that I've seen up to that point. Yeah, I think between you and I, I think I'm always the one who's maybe most I think, harsher. Yeah, I think you're a little bit more the skeptical one when I uh, brought the the whole Gamera franchise I into our thing here. so hard, Link, uh, not Lincoln. I get you and my son mixed up an awful lot. <laughs> I've called him Jason before, but I fall very hard for a lot of things. And if I'm disappointed, then I get mad. But uh, yeah, I was the first one uh, between the two of us to bring in the Gamera franchise. Heck, you can see the shirt that I'm wearing here of uh, Gamera. Uh, yeah, I was the one that brought in, was it the f- the first Gamera? And you're the one that's like, what is this piece of shit? <laughs> I remember I did at the back in the day, though, liked Jiger. I wasn't in love with it, but I thought it was pretty good. And I thought Giron was pretty good. But all the rest, I'm like, these are total crap. And now they're some of my favorites. Um, By the way, Zilla590, where does Bailani sit for you? Like, as of right now, uh, you know, just where do you where does it sit for you? Is it is it in your top five, you know, top ten? Where does this movie sit for you? I'm assuming I'm going to guess it's at least in your top ten because uh, you seem to be a fan of this film, as you stated earlier. So I'd be curious to see where you place it. Um, but um, yeah, it's this is a very curious film, and I'm hello. I'm wondering. Okay, there you are. You you kind of froze up there for a few seconds. Oh, I did. Maybe yeah. I did on purpose. What? <laughs> yeah. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um. I'm wondering if this thing is ever going to have a renaissance because, like, we were discussing earlier that this is a film that it seems like a lot of Western fans do really enjoy but it's not a film that they discuss a whole lot. Um, well, I know you, you speak of a renaissance. I know uh, in one of the press conferences that Toho has that they want to do a cinematic universe, sort of like the Marvel Cinematic Universe for them after their contract with uh, uh, Legendary is up after the Godzilla versus Khan thing. But who 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 knows? They might. They might extend it after whatever happens to uh, uh, Godzilla King of the Monsters film coming up in a few months. But uh, it seems like there could be a renaissance coming. B11, just above 10. So actually below 10. So you're saying it's not even in your top 10. Is that what you're saying? I'm guessing he's he's saying they're uh, his 11th favorite. That's what I'm wondering. Yes. So you're saying it's like your 11th favorite? Um interesting i'd be curious to see what your top 10 then is because you it sounded like earlier you were uh, a pretty big fan of this i'm not saying you aren't but it just sounded like maybe this was in your top 10 at least um 
Yeah, it just it's kind of interesting because I know we've discussed this before on the podcast where we're almost like the contrarian Godzilla podcasters out there. Um, um, oh, it is your 11th favorite. 11th favorite. That's still really high considering there, if you count the anime Godzilla films, there's what, 33? Around 32, 33. 33, yeah, something like that. That's still really high. Top 10 is full of nostalgia. Yeah, that I would say... I don't know if you know this about me uh, or not, Zilla, and I know some of the people who are listening to this are probably going to roll their eyes because they've heard me talk about this an awful lot over the years. Uh, the 98 film is probably my all-time favorite. It kind of changes between the 2014 film Monster Zero and Mothra vs. Godzilla. Even Return of Godzilla and Biolani, it kind of changes depending upon my mood. I know the the 98 film is in my top because it was not only the first Godzilla movie I saw in theaters, I just have a lot of love for it. So (laughs) I know myself up here. (laughs) I know the, uh, the return of Godzilla is my all time favorite. Even though I rented the, the 1985 American version so many times. I I mean, Kent can attest to that. (laughs) I got mad at you. I remember on several occasions <laughs> where we would go to the local video rental place and we would, and I was always trying to find new stuff. And if there wasn't a new Godzilla movie, I would try to find something else. And you would always get 1985. And I'm just like, damn it, Jason. Like, <laughs> haven't you seen this thing enough? <laughs> I I loved it. I just love the, uh, uh, just, just the entire movie itself, the visual effects, the the people that were in it. I I would have to say the uh, the uh, the eighty four Goji suit would have to be my all time favorite. Yeah, you 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 don't like it, you respect it. Hey, that's cool. I kind of figured because I'm in a minority. I, I'm a, I'm a huge lover of the ninety eight film. I I understand why people don't like it, but at the same time, I still I'm scratching my head uh, as far as and again I, d- I don't want to go down a rabbit hole here because I could be in this rabbit hole for a long time but I find it weird that some of the criticisms people throw at the 98 film and I don't know what your stance is on Shin Godzilla and again like I said I don't really want to go in a rabbit hole but <laughs> what I find odd is that the criticisms people throw at the 98 film are the reasons why people like Shin Godzilla. And the reasons, it just, it's weird. It's just weird and it's a head scratcher and I don't understand it when you have a, a group of fans who criticize the 98 movie for ver- for certain reasons, but then those are the same reasons that they love Shin Godzilla and I truly believe that more comes down for some of these fans whether or not it's a Toho Godzilla film I truly believe um, that is a reason and I think some fans don't want to admit that that's what I've been getting the conclusion I've and I've also have heard that sort of reason from certain fans I have come in contact with is that, oh, it's it's not the, uh, the Toho um, version of Godzilla. So that's why I don't like it. 
I mean, that's I would rather fans admit it. Be like, okay, well, is the reason why um, you um, like Shin Godzilla is it because it's made by Toho? If they just went ahead and said yes, and I'd be like, okay, I can go with that. At least I would, and then I would be like, oh, then please just say that. Don't try to. Um, justify it because then your argument starts falling apart when you use the same reasons that you like Shin Godzilla were the same reasons why you hated the 98 film that's the to me the inconsistencies and the hypocrisy are what drive me nuts uh that's why I just am like that's why I it, it just drives me nuts uh you don't you do like the cartoon a lot of people do yeah like even those who didn't like the movie love the cartoon. I do like that cartoon too. Yeah, there's there's a lot of po- at least positive reaction towards the cartoon. Yeah. Thought it felt more like a Jurassic Park movie. I've I've heard that before too. Yeah, I can understand why people. I can see yeah, because like uh, you know, like the T Rex at the end of the um, Lost World. I can see that. I can see that. Um, but yeah, like with Biolani. You know, I was talking to you earlier how I thought Kawakita really should have gotten the Academy, Japanese Academy Award for effects for this film instead of King Ghidorah. That'll be a topic when we get to it here in a couple weeks. Um, (laughs) Like, what are your thoughts uh, as far as, um, oh, you thought it would be you thought it would be good as not being a Godzilla movie. Just Godzilla died too easily for you and Shin, he was way more powerful. Yeah, I would, for me, when it comes to Shin, if you haven't already, I would listen to um, our uh, Shin Godzilla review that, what was that, like late 2016 when, when that came out? I would yeah. listen to that episode. I don't think we have it on YouTube. I think that's... Not yet, no. But I know that yeah. that's that's in the works right now. I'm going through our PXCR. That is at least- that's going to be on our website, daikaijunetwork.com. And if you go through yep. the episodes, you'll find the Shin Godzilla. I would listen to that because there you'll under, you'll um, get all my numerous reasons why I don't like that film. Um, I had numerous issues with Shin. Uh, but... Um, yeah, I. What do you? What are your thoughts on the special effects for this film? Because I truly believe Kawakita. This is maybe his best job. Yeah. Go. And then uh, I don't want to iterate more on the whole uh, map thing with Blu-ray and 4K thing, but um, as far as it didn't seem, because I know he's pretty famous of using glitter and everything, and then something that's pretty colorful or somewhat out there i know that uh they shot the you know when they did the first battle there and then after the first battle that they were going to do uh originally have a scene with the hillside being covered in roses and everything when uh Bailani was defeated and uh which, uh, unfortunately, in the end, that was cut from the final product. Uh, as far as effects, he didn't... I don't even think he actually used uh, physical glitter uh, in this no. movie. It's just mainly... You just see 
that glitter type effect through the visual effects as far as uh violanes uh cells go up in the sky and then descend and uh from violanes uh from spewing all that acid on the godzilla's face uh in the final battle That's a great effect how that comes out yeah yeah and uh uh from what I've also have seen, and I'm kind of glad that they cut out from the final product, is that they were going to do, in the first battle, they were going to do a, a stop motion animation for uh, certain yeah, tests, yeah. Yeah, for certain battles. And they thought that it wouldn't look right. And they said that uh, they probably should have done it the entire first battle in stop motion, but it would have been very difficult to do. And then in the, the final battle, they were thinking, uh, they, and they showed actual footage of this, that they were going to have Bailani, uh, do, uh, in an anime form, swallow Godzilla up. And then all this <laughs> crazy stuff happens, but they, in the end, they say it was a little too flat and didn't have enough emotion. But, um, yeah, as far as the visual effects, everything with the, Glitter-like visual effects, uh, Godzilla's uh, uh, atomic ray, as well as Super X two reflect reflective ray, and uh, a lot of the uh, miniature work too. They felt real, um, and as well as the suits, uh, both the Godzilla and the two different uh, Biolane um, designs. I think it really just everything just really aged well especially watching the uh, the blu-ray version of the film on the 4k tv granted like i mentioned earlier was certain things but uh, still a lot of uh, the entire movie itself has aged pretty well even for for it being 30 years old yeah Godzilla, uh, Shin didn't do much for you either. Uh, as much as you liked how powerful he was, you got bored. Bored. I got bored too. You'll Same hear, here. <laughs> you'll, you'll hear me in that um, podcast uh, about something. Um, about uh, I still remember it like it happened yesterday. I remember at one point it was like in the final quarter of the movie, I think it was. I remember I sat there and I looked up at the ceiling, no joke, of the theater I was in. And I'm like, I don't like GMK at all, but I would rather be watching that than this. <laughs> and I, yeah, would, I was and just the entire Godzilla franchise was uh, zooming in my head. I'm like, I would, I so badly want to go home now watch Gojira. Raids again, King Kong versus Godzilla, Mothra versus Monsters. You know, I was just going down the entire list. And I'm like, I miss those movies. And basically, um, and that's interesting, too, that you said uh, that even the 98 one kept you interested because I don't hear that often from uh, fans who were uh, not even fans of that film. Um, but yeah, like basically my – I go into specifics in that episode when we – um, review the film. Now, uh, now that but, I remember the the episode that we talk about Shin Godzilla is uh, episode number one hundred and one. Episode one hundred and one. There you go. But my general overall opinion to just kind of have 
if I were to compact it into a shell, into one reason why I didn't like Shin Godzilla, is I didn't think it had much of a soul. Uh, it just, it was, it was like eating ramen noodle without water and the sauce packet. It was there, but it, it just was dull. <laughs> and then, and then I, then I, uh, remember telling you, and it's in that, uh, uh, podcast, episode that I mentioned about that at the theater that I went to go see this uh, movie at, uh, at from time to time I was looking at my watch that I had on was like uh, what what time is it <laughs> well yeah and the funny thing for me and I totally agreed with this guy I, he had to have been in his 20s he had to have been like a college kid up here when the movie was over and everybody was walking out of the theater, this kid who was like maybe five feet in front of me was talking to his buddy. And the first thing he said, he looked over his buddy, he goes, well, that sucked. <laughs> <laughs> and I was saying to myself, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was, uh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, the effects I think are absolutely wonderful. And I think people who complain about Kawakita, um, using you know glitter and all that i think he doesn't use it that often um and i think it works out pretty well i will say i think it's in mecha godzilla 2 uh when godzilla has been killed and rodan sacrifices itself and then you get all the glitter coming down on the two of them um this isn't product placement, by the way. Uh, I just want to. Uh, I will say that I think maybe too much glitter was used in that particular moment. Um, what about uh, Godzilla versus Mothra? The uh, the ninety two version. Yeah, I'm trying to remember. I'm just kind of running the movie quickly through my head to see if. Because I know that uh, they bring out the glitter. I think it was either Mothra. It was Mothra bringing out the glitter and then Batra shooting towards it to make make the glitter or whatever Mothra is bringing out more effective. As bad as um, as um, the Mechagodzilla one. I thought that was a little excessive. Otherwise, I thought the glitter was fine. I think it's fine. What's wrong with glitter? What do people have an issue with glitter? (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I mean, this is a wonderful film. I really would like, there's enough time. Maybe we could get a panel going. We could call it, um, we could call it, uh, damn it, why don't you love Biolon anymore? (laughs) Or something (laughs) like that. Destroyer had some too. Yeah, I think Kawakita used glitter in practically every Godzilla movie after this one. I'm trying to think, did he use it in King Ghidorah? She's quickly running the movie. Yeah, uh, ninety-one, right? King Ghidorah. Yeah, the ninety-one one. I think he might have. I think maybe in the first battle. I don't recall it. Either either that or the second. I know I use it. Mothra use it. Mechagodzilla. Space Godzilla? Space Godzilla, did he use it? Mm. I don't know if he actually used it in Space Godzilla. Yeah, he used it in no. Destroyer. I don't even think I 
as far as I remember on Space there might Battle, I don't think he did. In which he used three, four movies that he used it in. Yeah. Like seven movies in the Hayse. Why, why are people complaining about it? First of all, there's nothing wrong with glitter. Second of all, I don't think he used it as often as some claim he did. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can't remember because uh, I don't think um, – yeah, Biolani didn't technically have physical glitter, but the visual effects one, yes. I'm glad those Zilla 590 you actually destroy uh, – <laughs> excuse me. You spelled destroy properly. I'm reading an article in the current G-Fan, and the individual who wrote the article spells destroy completely wrong. I think they're spelling it the way that – it's that we as pronounced. Americans pronounce it, but it's incorrect spelling. So, so do they do they leave the uh, the O out between the T and the R? Yes, that's what I thought. <laughs> yeah, it kind of drove me nuts. I opened I opened up the G fan and it says Godzilla versus Destroy. I'm like, no. And then I open up the article and that's how it continues to spell it. I'm surprised that uh, JD Lee's didn't catch that. <laughs> Or whoever is editing it. I'm trying to figure out how I should say this. Um, I love G Fan Magazine. I really do. It's it's been it, getting the subscription to it has been wonderful, but it is not edited well. Um, every issue I find many spelling errors and uh, grammar errors. And it makes me cringe because, you know, I was an English major and a history major and a journalism major, and I did a lot of writing. Uh, I understand it's, you know, it's just a fanzine, but it still sort of drives me nuts a little bit that (laughs) there are all those errors. (laughs) I mean, it's still great, you know, for content and all that. I mean, like, look, I told you about I got a calendar. Where is it? There it is. I'm going to show it to you. See, like, here's the calendar. This is the front of it. Yeah, the one that was made a couple of years ago. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's almost like the one that uh, really the one nice. G Fan magazine that I purchased a few years ago at G Fest. Yeah. Hoping to be at G Fest twenty six. Be your second one. What was your first one? Ours was G Fest uh, nineteen. Back in twenty twelve. <laughs> yeah, I hope your first G Fest wasn't twenty one. Oh God! I don't want, don't want to go back over that again. Even though I know, <laughs> I know. Again, another rabbit hole. But um, yeah, um, get, getting back onto Biolani, I love this conversation. Uh, thank you so much to Zilla five nine zero twenty five. You were there last year. Awesome, that was a good one. Um, yeah. I we liked we liked last year's. That was a good one. That was mm-hmm. a good one. some some good panels. I thought I'm they- actually I'm actually hoping that uh, GFX 26 now with Akira deciding to come back and then we're getting uh, hopefully some right. of the Takarada this time. Yeah, and then hopefully possibly getting some people from uh, the upcoming uh, Godzilla King of the Monsters uh, film there. Which, by the way, the guy who does the middle head of King Ghidorah also uh, played as George and Rampage. So that would be uh, pretty interesting to uh, talk to or listen to. Maybe he can sell people on CGI. <laughs> yeah. 
But, but before I forget, and I think I started this earlier and I never finished this thought, but I want to thank Zilla590 for being here because, again, anybody who listens to us, um, you know, through our website or iTunes or Google Play and you aren't involved in these live recordings, we, you know, please come join us, um, you know. Uh, this is wonderful. Uh, you know, we've been on, sure, we've been all over the place, but um, yes, Nakajima's daughter is coming too. Um, yeah. Sonoe, I think is how you pronounce her name. Um, but this has been wonderful. Sure, we've been all over the place with various topics, but we it's all been kaiju related. And this is wonderful. I've really enjoyed this. This is one of the most fun I've ever had on the podcast in quite some time. Like, this has been awesome. Like, talking just all sorts of kaiju stuff glitter and uh, <laughs> the 98 film and g fest and all that stuff too ultraman um, ultraman i mean yeah it just um absolutely this has been amazing uh please zilla 590 if you can in the future please continue to join us and bring any friends you may have that enjoy this stuff too to come join in the fun uh please People come join us as long as you keep it kaiju related. You know, I don't care about going off the rails a little bit, but um, getting back to Bailani to maybe start wrapping this up a little bit. Um, do you think Bailani enjoys caffeinated or decaf coffee? Uh, I probably would say. I probably would say caffeinated just to keep its energy up and get itself charged more. I would say caffeinated as well because speaking, you know, speaking of which I am drinking coffee. So I'm drinking bubbly again, not a, uh, not a sponsor, but um, they probably wouldn't want to sponsor this anyway. <laughs> probably now is like, who the hell is this? Five nine zero for doing what you can to come join us in future casts. Um, Caffeinated, yeah, I think so too. Because, you know, look, um, you know, Bailani was stationary the first time around. And I bet you while it was up in the sky, it's like, look, dude, that first time sucked. If I'm going to have a shot at this Godzilla fellow, I'm going to have to move. So I got to drink coffee so I can uproot myself and move. <laughs> and sorry, Bailani was still lost. Maybe try Red yep. Bull the next time. I don't know. Or try Monster, actually. Monster probably would work better for you. I would go with the Ultra Zero. Or or at least uh, five-hour energy. You know, I never had much luck with five-hour energy. I actually had it uh, several years ago, and it made me even more tired. That's a sad thing. That's what happened to me, too. (laughs) Um, I I probably would say I don't recommend using five hour energy if that's the case yeah yeah i like self-deprecating humor zilla 590 that's just kind of that's just kind of how what we (laughs) sort of do if if you've listened to our uh pxcr early days the heydays and stuff and watch some of that stuff yeah you can tell that we did a a lot of shit so no well (sighs) no joke I, I don't know if it would actually happen, but I would be um, the most caffeinated thing you've drank is Mountain Dew. I would stick with it because I used to be addicted to monster energy and no joke. Several times when I was in college, um, I would be working 
and I was tired because I just had a long day with class and um, I over a span of like maybe what a three four hour shift would have like two or three monsters bad idea I thought I was going to have a heart attack like I could you know, like I could be standing there and I could no joke feel my heart pounding in my chest and like you know how sometimes if you get overly caffeinated like you just start to really, be a little bit woozy yeah that's what was happening to me and it felt like I was not in reality it yeah. was like freaky it just I would stick away from five hour energy because like like you said to when I tried it the first time it didn't work and then like two hours later I took another one and yeah it just made me even more tired yeah I so. would yeah I would stick with you know you're, you're better off not doing the energy drink thing because that stuff not only can be addicting but that stuff can if, especially if you're sensitive to caffeine like that stuff oh my gosh just anything yeah but yeah I would love, does, if we got a sponsor the one sponsor I would love to have is Monster <laughs> I would be advertising that stuff I'd be like by the way I'm drinking Monster <laughs> or just get some uh, like some uh, Japan type of company and do all that wacky commercial it's like uh recently i've been watching a lot of these uh japanese commercials on youtube holy shit can't believe how wacky those things are you know actually what i just uh in thinking about like if if we were to ever get a sponsor from monster because i am so sensitive to caffeine anymore i actually probably would dump the monster out and then just fill it with water and drink that <laughs> over, over the episode <laughs> They well, well, now now they'll know if they want to sponsor us. It's like, oh, they let's, 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 they, let's... Can't, they can't prove it, though, unless they were here. But at the same time, they'd be like, look, we don't care. You're showing our logo. You're making it uh, seem like you're drinking monster. No one's going to know that unless you keep advertising that every episode. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah. Yeah, let's, let's have, get back. <laughs> yeah, we do have a Facebook page. Um, uh, yeah, just search Daikaiju yeah. Network on Facebook. Or you, yeah, can, just go, right or you can just go to our uh, actual uh, channel page here on YouTube and where the uh, the whole uh, header uh, background bar is on the top right corner of our links. There's a link to our official site and then links to uh not only our Facebook page, but Twitter, and then uh, to our iTunes and Google Play, where you can subscribe. Yeah, either that or just enter our name on Facebook in the search. Yeah, we like we should be the first thing that comes up. Yeah, we're we're definitely on Facebook. <laughs> if you expect to grow, you can you have to have a presence on Facebook or any other kind of social media for, well, for yeah, that matter. Any- other ones otherwise you're really not going to grow a whole lot unless you go out there and spend millions of dollars <laughs> doing yeah other things not doing we don't that. Have. <laughs> should we go ahead and give our final thoughts on Biolani? uh yeah since since we've been going off topic <laughs> here and there i like this. this has been a lot of fun yeah but um 
for my overall reaction to Godzilla vs. Biolani, um, at first, uh, from my first viewing of it back in 96, um, I didn't, uh, I wasn't quite like you, Kent, where it was my, one of my least favorite. It was, for me, up to the point of how many Godzilla movies that we watched at that time, it was in the middle of the road for me. But um, two, I didn't quite understand a whole lot of what was going on. But then years later, uh, after uh, getting the movie on Blu-ray, which I think it came out, was it a couple or a few years ago? The Blu-ray um, and DVD came out late 2012. Okay, so that was, I believe that was when the last time I've actually watched this movie. And uh, from that point up to this point here, uh, for, you know, talking about it on this episode, uh I've really grown more and really enjoyed it a whole lot more. And I really appreciate um, the people that are in this film as well as when watching the the behind-the-scenes footage after the actual movie is that a whole lot of people that were involved, they really appreciated and enjoyed with what they were doing um and just it they just really took their time of uh trying to get the story of what they wanted and yeah it you can see i would say a lot of love towards movie and i i think i that's one thing that I really enjoy this uh, film and really loved it is that the people that made it appreciated and loved with what they were doing. So with that, it would be a uh, definite uh, buy for me, uh, Godzilla versus Biolani. Uh, if he, if uh, if it's available on Amazon, which I'm probably guessing it is. Or on streaming. So, um, if you haven't seen it yet, or haven't seen it uh, for a long time, I would definitely buy it, or at least uh, rent it. But I would say that you'll definitely love the movie at first sight, especially with uh, a lot of the kaiju uh, scenes involved in the in Godzilla vs. Byline as well as you'll really get attached to uh, the characters of this film. Oh, are you done? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's still 11 for you. Introduced you Megumi Odaka. You know, the interesting thing is, too, with me anyways, with Megumi Odaka, I didn't care much for her in Bailani when I first saw this years ago. It was the same for me, too, yeah. I just was like, what is she doing here? Get her out of here. And then, again, when I saw her in the sequels, I thought she got better in the sequels. And then, of course, with time... Um, <clears throat> With time, I, I've grown to really love. I I, I like her a lot, an awful lot in this movie too. So again, just with time, 
uh, and all that and seeing it uh, through a different perspective as I've gotten older has helped enough. She's a real sweetheart. She really is. Seeing her last year oh, at yeah. G-Fest, she's so shy. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's actually it's pretty adorable. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, I got to get my notes up here. I was just about ready to do my thoughts and I'm like, I wrote this stuff down. So if it sounds like I'm reading something, it's because I am. <laughs> so here are my final thoughts on Biolani. Godzilla Bi- versus Biolani. Godzilla Biolani. Now that's a movie. Godzilla and Biolani are. Con- Actually, that's what Biolani is. That's what Space Godzilla is. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I think I think from Space Godzilla, it was was it uh, some of the cells from Biolani went into that black hole. Oh, see, I'm jealous. You got her autograph. See, I quit doing the whole autograph thing when they started charging for those. Like what two G fests ago? I think it was. I think we actually didn't do it until uh, we stopped. I think after the second or third time we went there. Yeah. I think G-Fest 21 may have been the last time we got anybody's autograph. But I, I know here a couple of years ago when they started charging like people for autographs, I think I was definitely... Yeah, I think it was... Uh, yeah, when they, you know. they charge per autograph. I know they they still charge when we started there, but it was for like an overall thing. But then when they charge per autograph, then yeah. 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 I like just talk. I mean, yes, I would like to have their autographs too, but um, I like talking to them. Like, what was it when, when Masaki Tezuka, Tezuka was there, like what, two, three G fests ago. Um, I was waiting for you. Cause you were like talking to someone and I was just standing there um near where you know he was in the autograph section and he just happened to walk by he saw me and he came up and shook my hand and and thanked me for coming to to g-fest and i had a brief conversation with him uh and i didn't you know i wasn't going to ask him for his autograph or anything like that i just thought that was really neat and then you and i talked to akira takarada here what two years ago yeah and, and then he would you know we were just talking and I was saying, you know, Kaiju Daisenso was my favorite film uh, of his at the time. And then he's like, oh, you you want to take a picture? And I was just, sure. Like, I wasn't going to ask him for that because I thought, no, that's probably off limits. Uh, you know, but he's like, do you want to take a picture? And I'm like, yeah, I'm just. <laughs> the well, you remember, you remember at our first G-Fest when we went to, uh, when he was there, you know, I was briefly talking to him and then at the uh, the autograph session he's like oh you again <laughs> yeah you have this interesting relationship with him <laughs> yeah yeah he's he's a he's a real cool dude oh yeah i love the man all right my final thoughts on Biolani here godzilla versus Biolani continues the grim gritty and somber tone left off from the return of godzilla it also expands the Godzilla universe into bioweapons territory, and such a move creates a fresh take in the series. I wasn't old enough to really appreciate the story years ago, but now I consider Biolani to be one of the best films in the Godzilla franchise. With that being said, there are two areas I believe are a bit of a detriment to the film, but don't necessarily damage the film as a whole. One area is the kaiju fights. 
It's understandable the first battle with Bailani would be brief considering it was stationary and hadn't fully evolved. The second battle, however, is still a bit of a disappointment. With the creature so enormous, able to move around, and looking incredibly ferocious, I was expecting one of the most exciting and vicious battles in kaiju history. Instead, Bailani is disposed of very quickly once again. The second, oh, and this is interesting. We didn't even talk about this. I can't believe we didn't, considering it's uh, one of the most obvious things about this film. Um, the uh, second problem is the score done by Maestro Koichi Sugiyama. Oh, yeah. It is a unique score, but by and large sounds out of place. There are a few battle themes that kind of work, and the Super X theme is one I find myself humming once in a while. It's a catchy tune. Otherwise, it's memorable for being out of place and mediocre. The story is action-packed and quite convoluted for a Godzilla story, yet exciting. The acting is good, with only a couple of actors turning in so-so performances, mainly the two American agents who set up detonators in Mount Mihara. That would eventually lead to Godzilla's escape from the volcano. The effects work is impressive, and Bailani is possibly the best-looking kaiju ever put on screen. Godzilla suit this time is snazzy and the iconic look most fans initially think about when Godzilla comes to mind. Godzilla vs. Bailani is a film that fewer fans will be able to appreciate. Wait a minute, fewer younger fans will be able to appreciate. <laughs> but I believe most of the mature fans will. There is a reason why the Japanese voted this the best Godzilla movie nearly seven years ago now. It's very well made and a prime example of how to make an exceptional Godzilla movie when Toho gives the filmmakers more time and allows those filmmakers more free reign of the story. It's one of my favorite Godzilla films, and on a scale of buy, rent, or pass, it's a buy. As if no one... You love that word, snazzy? I debated whether or not to put that in there. <laughs> I thought maybe it would sound too corny. Apparently, Zilla uh, 590 likes the word. It actually. <laughs> Apparently, Zilla 590 likes the word snazzy, too. So, Well, I know. That's what that's what I was talking about. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I debated about that. And I'm like, I don't know. Like, it seems out of place. But I'm like, you know what? It actually is. And I, I haven't used that word in a long time. I haven't written it in anything in a long time, nor have I said it in any context in a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, um, so we are going to episode 124 here. What is the date today? The ninth? No, it's the 26th. 26th. So, so it'll be in February. February 9th is when our next podcast is going to be. You want to do 1.30 Eastern Standard Time again? As always. Okay. And we're going to discuss Godzilla versus King Ghidorah. Um, a film I've always had a, a real interesting relationship with. Um, so we'll see how I feel about it this <laughs> this time uh, here in a couple of weeks. But yeah, it's it's I'm always in. I, I'm always interested in King Ghidorah simply because of that weird relationship I have with it. And um, it'll be an interesting discussion, mm-hmm. I think. Um, and then Toho, of course, gets right back into the mix. They get more involved with uh, the production with that film. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be an interesting discussion. I, what are your initial opinions uh, of it here, Jason? Uh, as far as Godzilla vs. King Ghidorah, I get uh, some... Some of that nostalgic feeling from a long time ago when we first 
uh, watched it. And I think we bought it when we were up here uh, in the Twin Cities uh, the first time around when uh, Godzilla 98 came out. Because I remember when we were going through Mall of America, we'd just see a bunch of Godzilla figures and just buy a lot of it and, and even Godzilla movies as well. That was when we uh, found Godzilla vs. King Ghidorah on VHS and picked it up uh, that time. What do you think of this film, uh, King Ghidorah, that is, uh, Zilla 590? What are your thoughts as of the but, movie? Right? Um, uh, as far as the relationship towards this movie, I would also have to say uh, like you, Kent, that I also had that uh, unique, uh, weird relationship towards uh, this movie as well. Um, I think it's just the way uh, Godzilla vs. King Ghidorah is presented uh, or executed in the way. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I think I think that's one of the things that I think of that uh, for that movie. I'm saying this right now, but Shin Godzilla once again has made this movie look like a masterpiece. But um, <laughs> to where it's even actually got a Japanese Academy Award. But I still think um, I still am not a fan of the acting by and large in the film. But it's I a little bit goofy. It's really goofy. Um, but I love the kaiju scenes. I, I think the kaiju scenes, by and large, are done really well. Uh, you like it, not in your top ten, but you still like it. That's fine. I know a lot of people like it. Um, I just, I like I said, I just have had this weird relationship with it. I just, and like I said, I think my issue with it is more about the acting. I think because too the tone is so different. Yeah, because I think too it just and Bailani to something. The tone is, I think, number one, so vastly different. And I think uh, too uh, from uh, the way I remember it now, it just seemed uh, the atmosphere around that movie. It seemed a lot of the scenes in that seemed a bit foggy and smoky. Uh, kind of that cloudy type of mood to it or that overcast type of mood to it. Yeah, I think it's just sort of whiplash inducing. You go from two dark and gritty films in Return of Godzilla and Biolane, and then you get more lighthearted and kind of goofy with King Ghidorah. It's just weird. It's one thing if it happened gradually over a series of several films, but it's more whiplash inducing when you go from a film like Biolani to something like King Ghidorah, which is in tone really different. It's like, it's, although it's not as bad as like going from Biolani to like a rebirth of Mothra film. It's like something that is a night and day sort of thing that you're, you're, you're used to seeing, two movies in a row with the return of Godzilla and Godzilla vs. Biolania. And then all of a sudden you get what is uh, Godzilla vs. King Ghidorah. Yeah. I, I like the kaiju scenes for the most part. I still don't think the kaiju scenes were executed. Really, to be honest, I think 
in the remainder of the Heisei series going forward, with maybe an exception of a few scenes or, or moments. I I don't think many of the kaiju scenes overall though are executed as well as they are like in this film. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, though, too, a lot of people uh, complain about the Heisei era being a, a beam wars sort of deal. But I kind of like that because I remember as a kid again, you know, uh, growing up watching a lot of the Showa films for the most part. Um, I was always complaining, why doesn't Godzilla use his fire more and this and that? Well, he uses it an awful lot in the Heisei era. And I actually kind of like that. I think it does make the fights a little bit more interesting. It's something unique and it's something that uh, differentiates the the eras, so to speak. Yeah. And uh, since we were speaking of uh, the movie Godzilla versus King Ghidorah, uh, I was just, uh, I stumbled upon the, uh, the Screonk article where they were talking about the history of like the original iteration of King Ghidorah and where X plus made uh, their figure version of that original iteration of Ghidorah where it had that uh, blue skin with the uh, red, white and blue uh, striped wings and all that. And they, go back and talk a little bit about the history of it and show the posters where they showed that iteration of Ghidorah. And just by looking at it, I, I was just thinking, you know, I'm kind of glad that Toho nixed that iteration of Ghidorah. And to me, the, the just the whole gold uh, scale or scanned version of uh, King Dor- King Ghidorah seems to be more menacing than this original iteration that they were originally going to go with. You brought up a thing where back in 91, uh, at least one U.S. news outlet was thinking Godzilla vs. King Ghidorah was uh, aggressively anti-American because American soldiers get killed by the Godzillasaurus on Lagos Island. Yeah, And I can guarantee you, had they gone with that Ghidorah uh look people would be saying yep (laughs) (laughs) definitely anti-american i don't care i'm just like i don't care if you're anti-american or give me a fun movie (laughs) yeah i i looked at i'm just like no the soldiers just happened to be on lagos island and they got killed the japanese soldiers were hiding and they didn't get killed. The American soldiers were out there in the open, so they got stomped on. It's as simple as that. I didn't, you know. Well, it was just also one of those things that just came out of nowhere, and they didn't even know what to do with it. Well, yeah, they were the ones firing on the Godzilla source, the Japanese. Yeah. So, of course, like, you're not going to, like, if someone's shooting at you, you're not going to, like, shoot at some person standing on the sidewalk. <laughs> it just makes no sense. Yeah. You're going to yeah. shoot person that's attacking you <laughs> of right. course it's just a slow news day i guess but um yeah it's it's good because then definitely people would be screaming oh it's anti-american even if it was i don't care it just it to me it's just i look at it, i'm like no that's just a part of the story it makes sense it's i don't see anything anti-american i mean it's it's based in and in that historical times when we went to war with Japan. So it kind of makes sense uh, in that particular situation. Yeah. But anyway, wrapping up the podcast here, Zilla590, thank you so much for joining us. It's been 
wonderful having a, a conversation. You brought up a lot of topics that uh, we either have only scratched the surface of in the past or really never talked about or thought about at all. So uh, again, if you can, please continue to come back for future episodes. Uh, if you know anybody who's, you know, your friends with that are fans of this stuff too, please invite them and inviting everybody else who uh, maybe briefly looked into this podcast or um, you have a good day too. Thank you so much, Zilla. Yeah. Um, and uh, also for anyone out there, just make sure to uh, like this video down below and as well as uh, uh, subscribe to us and hit the notification bell uh, to get any uh, future notifications of when we're going live or upload any new videos uh, that we're uh, doing uh, in the near future and, and the like. And as well as uh, go go to our website for uh, past uh, episodes. And then uh, if you're on iTunes or have an, an Android phone, you can uh, subscribe to our audio version of uh, the podcast show as well. And you don't even have to be on your laptop or desktop computer at all times. Yes. And again, the more the merrier, as long as we keep uh, everything Kaiju related come join the conversation, you know, more than happy to have, uh, as many people on here. That's one of the reasons why we're on YouTube doing these live streams. Cause we want people to come join us and just join the conversation. It's not just a podcast with Jason and, and myself. We want other people to join in, uh, as well. So please, you know, come, come one, come all let's talk about Kaiju. <laughs> like I said, as long as it's Kaiju related, yep. I don't care. So with that, Thank you so much for listening. Uh, hope uh, you guys can join us for Godzilla vs. King Ghidorah, February 9th, 1.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And uh, thank you so much. Talk to you guys later.